Into the Breach 2. It's Amigos. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Breach 2. Oh, my. Yeah. Aaron, have you ever gone into the breach? I've been in the breach for my whole life. <laughs> you were born in the breach? It's tough to get out of that sucker once you're in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is breach, too. So, presumably, you got it out of it once. Now you're back in. That'd be even more depressing. Yeah, it would be depressing. What happened to breach one? Well, you know, it's, it's just show for another time. Oh, I see. So, we do them, do them out of order? Yeah. This ain't the first time we've done that, either. We still have not done Speedball 1. <laughs> You're right. I think we did share the beast two first too. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So, Aaron, this is normally the time where we talk about witty banter regarding the name of the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have any witty banter, so I want to talk about this box art real quick. All it's right. Kinda, we're kind of jumping into the show early, but we're focusing on the box art. I love the box art for this game. Yeah, it's a, it looks like the uh, shuttlecraft from the old uh, Star Trek show, mm-hmm. the Galileo, if you will. Then you've got some dudes, I don't know, fiddling with it, basically. That's what it's a guy on his phone, you know, mm-hmm. getting getting the scores, seeing if it's covered the spread, whatever. <laughs> then the other guy looks like he's getting ready to be frisked. He looks like uh, he looks like Mega Man on the original NES box art. He's he got does. that bow-legged stance. That's never good. <laughs> no. You know, in the future, do you think that's how we're gonna dress? I think it'll be required. Because the helmet you, and you've stuff. You gotta have a like a speed suit, you know. It's <laughs> I hope they come into big size. Now, what do you think about these boxy sort of spacecraft? Well, you know, when I was a kid, I've told you about Star Trek Club before, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So me, Live long and geek. Me and Hat Chad, David Doss, a few other of our friends, we'd get together at lunchtime out under the bleachers in the middle school. Yeah. We'd have oh, Star man. Trek Club. It's where all the cool kids hang Is that out. where it was? Yeah. No wonder I could find you You get that nasty smell from the lavatory there that yeah. was in the baseball concession stand. It's still bad, yep. too, yep. by yep. the way. So that's where we'd convene, and we talk about our dream starships, right? Yeah. Oh, man. And, and so Doss, he always wanted the Admiral class, because his name was his nickname was the Admiral. I was just going to say, we only referred to him as the Admiral. You called him the Admiral? Yeah, we each had our own call sign. What was you know? yours? I was a lieutenant commander. What? You couldn't even make commander? I couldn't. Not even in my fantasy world. That's how, that's how Who was the other guy? Was. Chad, I'm not sure what Ensign? Chad. Chad I, don't, I can't remember what Chad's rank was. We'll have to ask Hop him next time. <laughs> but anyway, I always wanted to just fly a little Galileo shuttlecraft around. Yeah. That was what I wanted. Why? Because it was compact. This was is small. why you never made Commander. You because never, you're, you're, you're aimed too low. Listen. You just wanted to fly. You didn't want to ride the Enterprise. <laughs> you just wanted to fly the boxed little crap mobile. And you never see shuttlecraft get blown up. They never, they survive everything. It's like the black box in an airline. Hmm. Come to know? think of it, I don't recall seeing one get blown up. Now, there think you go, or that's my case. It's so. funny, because I've been watching some old Star Trek here. I, I was making fun of you, but last night I sat down and gleefully watched the old episode where they meet Apollo. Mm. So that's, you know. The big <laughs> I haven't got there yet. It's the old one, but they're, yeah, they're driving their ship through space, and a big hand grabs Enterprise. Wow. It's Apollo, the hand of Apollo. Huh. It's the real guy. There's a there's a, a character in Marvel Comics that's also like the size of a planet too that has like a very large body. No, there's tons of those guys. They just grow and shrink around. I'm sure they do. <laughs> just depending on what the, who the author Galactus, is. Galactus is that his name? He eats planets. Wow. He's, so you know he's big. 
Yeah. He sucks them dry, like with huh. a straw, kind of. Really? Oh, he's so got a gimmick that goes down and sucks all the energy does out. Does he leave? It. Does he leave the dry, the husk? There That's behind? right, the husk. Or they blow up. Be, if I was him, I'd just punch him. <laughs> yeah. At the end, like, yeah! You do the old soccer ball kick with it. The problem is he's, for much like myself, This actually, I've got a lot in common with Galactus, because I'm, I'm ever hungry. Mm. It never stops. Mm. And I'm sucking the heck out of it. Food is the difference. Yeah. You know, that's You're it. Destroyer of the Santos combo. <laughs> Got that right. That's true. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's get to the game, All bro. Right, man. One. The haunting melodic love theme. From Breach 2. You know it's called Breach 2. It's going to have a heck of a love theme. Well, you've got to enjoy it while you can, because once you get past that title screen, you're never going to hear it again. That's it. It is kind of neat that the title screen is pretty cool. I will say when it comes up, because it's sort of like the uh, box. It yeah. comes up with a big picture, the gimmick, you yeah. know. So Breach 2. Keep that in mind. Breach 2. Uh, released 1990 uh, on uh, one disc and published by Impressions. And developed by Om- Omnitrend. That sounds like somebody that would make tires or air conditioners or something mm. to me. Um, this was coded by Thomas R. Carbone. Uh, he he did Breach, Paladin, and Paladin 2. So that was his thing. He did two of two different things. Uh, graphics by Maurice uh, Molyneux, who did Rules of Engagement. And the music by that loving theme, Bruce McPherson... Uh, and I should mention that Carbone, this was his baby. He wrote and conceived and coded the game. So this is a Carbone joint a boat. Uh, this got released on a myriad of different uh, outlets, including the Atari ST, the Tandy slash PC, and uh, had various versions available on the PC. Um, that's all I got in terms of his story. So, Boat, this is your typical or atypical team strategy game. Give us your thoughts. So, Breach 2, if you've played any of the Julian Gollop uh, strategy titles, whether it be Laser Squad, XCOM, etc., you know what to expect here. You are a squad squadron leader, and your job is to maneuver your forces uh, chess piece-like through an alien landscape accomplish a mission. This is a turn-based affair, which means that your guys all take their turns, then the enemies all take their turns, and then you do it all over again. Uh, in this game, <laughs> you are uh, you have various items you can pick up, uh, you have various weapons that you can use, and there are a myriad different enemies to shoot at. This is a game that comes with quite a backstory, doesn't it, Aaron? I don't know if I read the backstory, but give it to us. Well, the, the first probably 20 to 30 pages of the manual yes. of this. And That's this why is, I didn't read the backstory. This is, well, it, it makes you wonder. You know, the, a game like Breach 2 makes you wonder what is behind the people that are making Breach 2. Because... <laughs> That's what you wonder? They're, they're, it's 20 pages of the most generic, boring science fiction you've ever read in your life, zero of which makes any difference to you once you start playing the game. Because unlike some strategy games that have an overarching plot, this game is it's, it's a collection of scenarios. <laughs> it's a collection of scenarios, and I'll tell you why they did that. 
They did that because they want to put role playing, they want to combine role playing and uh, squad based tactics together. So what they've done is they've created a save system that allows you to take um, your squad from any scenario and transport it to any scenario. Um, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but if you're looking for an overarching uh, story-based uh, mission system, you're not going to get that with Breach 2. You know, one of the things on this, now, uh, by the way, I didn't breach, my version of the doc did not have that story. Oh, was okay, well, they probably Because I, the, I got the hand-typed in version, oh, okay. so there was no strategy, on the, or there was no backstory. Uh, but I will say, uh, when you start this game... I just sat there for like 10 minutes trying to figure out how to make the game go. I wouldn't call the opening volley of menus super intuitive. No, well, what you have to do is you have to, you have to create a squadron leader. Yeah. And then, and that sort of works. Your squadron leader is just another name for your save game, basically. Then you have to choose a mission to go on, and then you have to actually create the file that your thing is going to be saved to. Right. It seems like there's one extra step there that shouldn't be there. Yeah, and, and the thing is, if you look at like, I didn't read the docs, because the reason I got the docs, I was like, I had to figure this out. I mean, I knew I'd need them eventually. I thought, okay, bam, bam, uh, it's hit the start button. Get, no, it ain't like that. No. And even once you get your guy created, it's just, it's hard to get started. It was weird. I, it was, well, eventually, I figured it out. Yeah. Uh, now, it does give you a hefty amount of scenarios uh, to try out, and it does rank them from easy to hard, which is nice. Uh, and uh, I didn't realize that, of course, I didn't know there was a long, uh, arching storyline to go along with this. And again, it's it's none of the story has any bearing. Like It's not like you have characters that they, they, that are referred to in the game. Yeah. In fact, your squad, your squad, basically, you know, you have these different guys' names, but just like in a lot of squad-based games, you don't, the, the personality isn't what you call fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, now, this game does offer you some, some sort of interesting things. You are, uh, you are able to kind of try and hack into an enemy computer system, uh, and you do something called use the cracker, okay? And what the cracker does is it exposes the entire map of the scenario, okay? Now, the cracker is only, uh, it's only successful 15% of the time. So what you have to do in a lot of cases is, okay, you're starting the beginning of the scenario, and your guys are all being loaded in one at a time. They just kind of appear out of nowhere. Yeah. And they, they load in one at a time. But you have to keep one of your guys behind, and his job is basically to work the cracking unit until that one out of 15, that 50% chance comes in. Okay, uh, once that happens, then you can see the full map. However, the full map is like a really, really low res. I mean, it's like a like a 32 by 32 single color thing. This it's, looks like a DOS port. To yeah. Me. It came from the, because it's looked, a lot of DOS strategy games of this era look just like this. Yeah. So I'm assuming this ported over from DOS. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Um, and But here's the thing. This is the way that I played the game. I played the game until the cracking thing was complete, and then I was like, all right, reset. And then, because the, the the maps never change. Yeah. And so then you know where the enemy is, you know what direction you need to head in, and that's really the key. So you cheated. Yeah. The key is you figure out where you need to go, then you hit restart, and then you bring your whole force of guys. I never would have thought of that, I'll be honest with you. Now, I never did that. Let me tell you how much this helped me. Well, Zero. Having seen your playthrough, I guess you were as expensive as I was. You know, the funny thing about this uh, game is, you know, you mentioned 
uh, Laser Squad, because, you know, uh, uh, XCOM. I found this to be, I mean, I really actually, parts of this were easier for me to understand than those. Because I guess because it's, maybe it's simpler than those. Mm -hmm. But this is not like dumb guy simple. No. You know. Um, You have, uh, and it's funny, I was watching Boat's playthrough on this, and before... So you get multiple ways to move your various squad members, and one of the ways is to basically click on them and drag, sort of drag a path out, mm-hmm. and you can make a pretty wacky path mm-hmm. to get the stuff. And I watched Boat play, and he was just bebopping along, and you didn't even use the path thing, did you? Well, I started out using the path thing, and I was yeah. like, you know what? There's got to be a better way. So again, I consulted the documentation, and the documentation are like, if you don't have access to a mouse, you can just use the numpad. If you hold down shift... And then use one of the cardinal directions on the numpad. You can uh, you can move your guy around. This is also very useful when you have to face your marine in a certain yeah. direction. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Because that's sort of a that's one of the things I didn't like about the so game. So in most games, if you want to move your guy in a certain direction, then you just you can just move him and he'll go there. Well, not in this game. In no. this game, you have to waste a movement point to turn your guy. Yeah. This game, like all, like all the Gollop games, this game is 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 contingent upon the amount of moves move points that you have. Yeah. I think they're called action points yep. in the other games, and uh, and so it costs you moves to do everything. Um, and so, but if you're using the numpad to move around, then you just hit the direction that you want to go in first. That will turn your guy in the correct direction, and then you just go. Now, the problem is is that sometimes the game doesn't move incredibly fast. And I i don't know if you know this about me, Aaron. Sometimes I get impatient when stuff is no slow. No kidding. Yeah, I've noticed that okay? over the years. And so what you do is you just sort of mash on the button as fast as you can. Well, what happens is that you start mashing on the button, and it's no longer that guy. It's a different guy, and you're mashing in a direction you don't want to go in. Yeah, I noticed that on your playthrough happened yeah, more than once. Yeah, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. So let's just talk about a basic scenario. The basic scenario, the first scenario, the easy one, you start off in a room full of ammunition. Mm-hmm. And so this is the room where you load up whatever you want. Right. They give you anything you want pretty much at the beginning. You can load, I think it's up to like six things, something like that. You can load a pretty good amount. And then once you've got whatever you want, then this this took me forever too to try to leave the room. <laughs> I was perplexed. I had no idea well, what to do. In that first scenario, you would think that they would make the first scenario all you have to do is exit your craft yeah. and you're out of there. But they put you in a they put you in a house. Yeah. And the house has an elevator shaft, and you have to go <laughs> up and down the elevator shaft. So again, I was using the old docks to try and figure out how to get out yeah. of there. It's a poor choice for a first scenario. Thankfully, I had the docks handy from having to figure out how to start the game. Yeah. So where I figured it out eventually uh, and then once you get out into the open terrain your job is basically to go and find these guys and blow them up basically yeah. simple stuff right so and boat caught it you it's the same old story you, you move and move and move then you maybe shoot if you've got enough action to do it if you're facing the right way and you got a target mm-hmm. and then you finish your turn and then they go and depending on how, who you've got with you you all go through your stick I do like the way that they have your team listed at the top and mm-hmm. they, like the guy the, beater. The, 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 the way that you're, yeah, actually, I'll, I prefer this to Laser Squad. And it's easier UFO. to keep track of who's, is, 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 for me, it was easier to have a visual thing, representation right in front of me. Yeah. A, you can see at a glance how many of your guys are hurt. Yeah. You know, you can see at a glance. You don't have to look at, yeah. And I, you know, in some cases, I'm for text and numbers, but in this case, it was nice to have that sort of at a glance view. Yeah. Now, I did not play the hard scenarios. I tried some of the easier ones, uh, including. So in the first one, uh, you you once you get your stuff, okay, then you take off. All right, you move your guys 
and yourself towards the enemy. Now, you you don't want to you can't have your gun or on like in hand while you're moving. You, then you have to arm your gun after you get there. I got real sick of that. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. I don't know if you did. Well, you once you once you select your weapon, you can still move around, but you have to do that with every single guy. Well, that's a, it's a pain. It is. It's an unnecessary step. It's stupid. So, but then once you get to like to where you can shoot something, mm-hmm. let's say. The critters in this, actually, a lot of the critters are kind of cute looking. They yeah. even sound sort of cute. Yeah, they're kind of dinosaur. They look sort of like dinosaurs. It looks like Pokemon Yeah, to me, they look like Pokemon. Know? You're exactly right. And so, and they even make kind of a funny noise. It's a lot of them. They'd be like a little beep, just sweet beep, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And then, but you're killing these pokies. And these, this is a game It's a lot like a roguelike where the animation is very, very simple, but they'll give you a little uh, a little status uh, thing where it'll be like, you got bit, you know, yeah. or you got stabbed, or yeah. whatever. So. Now, early on, I had a laser gun, mm-hmm. laser rifle, mm-hmm. grenades. Right. All right, simple stuff, right? So how do they work? Well, they're just like you think. You put the little cursor on the guy you want to shoot, and then you hit the button and shoot him. That's that simple. Right. And you can keep shooting until you run out of movement points or your gun runs out of juice. Mm-hmm. And now the grenades get a, are a little more interesting because they have a, a area of effect. The game has a very uh, basic look. I mean, when I say basic, I mean the language basic. Mm-hmm. Sort of remind me of you throw the grenade and then like sweeping circles come out from yeah. it, like you've dropped a, a pebble in a. In a Eight-bit pond. It is one of the uh, less uh, elaborate animations I've ever seen on the Amiga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then once you've laid the grenade down, it leaves behind uh, crud. I guess would be the best mm-hmm. way to crap yeah, gook. Yeah. It looks dumb. What's that word? Detritus. It's. I don't know. I've never heard I that. Think that's yeah. Well, whatever it is, it it makes the map look very brown mm-hmm. after you blow up a lot of stuff on it, and you got to be careful. Because you could blow up stuff that will blow you up. You could blow up people you want. You could blow up your own guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a grenade. I killed many a marine with yeah. my grenade. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that <laughs> you were you were you sling those things with no with no regard for your enemy. Now, if, at the end of each mission, you uh, th- this game has some uh, it, it has some persistence to it. Uh, your squad leader has a chance to be promoted at the end of each successful mission. Uh, now, you, what you have to do is you have to reach certain, specific, in addition to being successful, you have to reach certain levels of proficiency in shooting accuracy, detecting, and cracking. So the docs say, for instance, uh, in order to reach the rank of second lieutenant, you must have a shooting accuracy of at least 25%, both a detecting and a cracking ability of at least 17%. So you've got to really work with your squad leaders and make sure that they're doing stuff and not just hanging back or else you will never get promoted. And that's a big part of the thing. You can go all the way. You start out as ensign and you can proceed. I think there's about 12 ranks. You can go all the way up to fleet admiral. Yeah, I like that. It's I like that. There's a lot of this game I like. Yeah. I like the progression of your guys. I like the fact that you can move in different scenarios. Uh, the stats make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from how fast you move by encumbrance to the cracking, to the whole nine charge. It gives you a good it gives you a good visual indicator. This game's not the worst when it comes to like not giving you like actual words on the screen, but it, it uses the old picture uh, mm. technique for big chunks of it to do stuff. That some of it's clunky. Let's not go argue. We, I think we both agree yeah. that's just some clunky stuff. But they were on the right road here. Mm. Now we we mocked we mocked the terrain in this because it looks so Dossy. Well, they they, they also choose to go an isometric route, and that's not something a lot of these kind of games do because there are times 
where you cannot see because of this viewpoint. Yeah, I read that they scrapped this viewpoint in the next one, mm-hmm. so I guess it didn't get over. But I will give the game this, okay? As low-end as the graphics are, um, they do have tons and tons of objects, mm-hmm. different terrains, different building types. This is the kind of manual you would take with you to the can. Oh, yeah. And before you played the game, you'd be reading it. And you'd be like, oh, man. Yeah. Look at all this I mean, stuff. Look talk- at all these different types of guns and stuff. Talking you know? about terrain, I mean, of course, you can travel over water and land. But then they also have, for example, like uh, metal floors. It takes you more movement points to walk over metal floors. Why is that? Well, you know, it's just the, 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 tex- like- it's the texture of the steel. But is that what's so like, smooth? Yeah. I mean, whenever Why did they put those whenever down? Whenever you're walking around your prisons and you got to walk over that graded floor. Do you think they're going to spring from metal floors at the prisons? Well, I always see it like when you're in lockdown, you know, you have that second row and they have that you look down, you can see. What do you think they're going to dig their way through? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you've never been in a prison, have never, you? Never. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's there's tons of different terrain types. The graphics are serviceable. You can tell what the stuff is. It's not the most elaborate thing, no. but when you're dealing with stuff that's this small, Sometimes that's not a bad thing. You don't want it to look confusing at the expense of looking beautiful. This is like one step up from like Ultima. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it what, is. You know, it's It's basically one step like up a, from Ultima. It's like yeah. rogues or like a, But with all that said, was it fun? Uh, is the now you know I've, this is a a well kept secret, Boat. I'm not the biggest fan of these squad based turn based <laughs> shooting games. In fact, I don't like. I don't think I've ever liked any of them that much. I could in this game after an hour of play. Select guys, arm guys, mm-hmm. move guys around the screen, have guys do stuff, understand what they were doing, attack guys, kill guys, and actually complete missions. Right. All right. I could do that if they were if they were dumb guys, stupid. I call that a win because that has not always been the case when we've tried these mm-hmm. games. Now uh, I looked at some of the later missions and they look very difficult. This if this game was tough to do a ton of research on. Because there was very little footage out there of this game, and there's hardly any footage of anyone getting anywhere of any interest. Yeah, well, I think that my my gameplay is the longest gameplay yes. footage on YouTube. It, and there was some DOS footage that, but I mean, mo- I saw one guy who put up the footage for this and never got out of the room where you get your ammo. Yeah, yeah, it was like it's 15 tricky. minutes of him just standing there looking around, <laughs> clicking stuff. Yeah. So this is the kind of game where you look at you're like, nah, heck with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would have done that if I didn't have to play it. Right. I would have been like, I can't get out of the first room. Right. So if you give this a little bit of time, uh, it can it can do good for you. And on top of everything else, we haven't touched on this, and I know you didn't go into it because I know I didn't. Uh, they released two versions of this, and the second version, which I think had some bug fixes, also had a scenario e- uh, uh, editor. Yeah, you can create your own your own level. And I looked through this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had no, it. No, I didn't. And, I didn't look at it. Uh, it is pretty neat. I mean, you you can go in there and do and color stuff mm-hmm. and arrange stuff. It's kind of cool. If you knew someone that was really into this sort of game, you could probably come up with some pretty fun stuff to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But that much said, the fact that we found practically no video footage of this, and I didn't see it widely distributed, I, I would wager that this game didn't do all that great on the Amiga, just a guess. However, the series seems to be pretty popular because I know it went on past three, so I guess, uh, not on the Amiga, uh, so I guess the series went on and, and was popular on DOS, mm. I guess. And you can tell that maybe that's probably where a game like this, especially this one, should have should have been again. It works perfectly. It's perfectly serviceable on here, 
But they did not do anything that would make you think, oh, here's an Amiga game. You know, uh, uh, so to me, that was kind of a bummer. It's uh, it's almost like a board game. You know, it's like when we play Civilization. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of, you know, sure. but you can look past it if it's, if it's good. Yeah. Did you think the gameplay moved it to the point where you could look past its shortcomings? 100%. I, oh, really? You I really don't, like this thing. I don't right? have a problem with graphics that look like this. Uh, I do have a problem with the isometric viewpoint. Like, if you're looking, if you're watching the show right now, you can see how there are objects in the rooms that are obscured, and that's annoying. Uh, there is a very fr- uh, very helpful, like, this eyeball thing. You can click on that and then click on anything in the room, and it'll tell you what it is. Yeah. But I like to be able to see stuff. You well, if you could have rotated the screen, that would have been okay. Yeah, yeah, that would have been okay. It you know, but cool. that that would have been tough. Right, that probably would have been right. a pretty big deal. But you know, I love roguelikes, and roguelikes have very simple graphics. Yeah, uh, and again, all of the Laser Squad and stuff like that, very simple graphics. Um, to me, if you are a fan of this genre, this is a must play. You a know? must play. Yeah, because you know, if you're a fan of this genre on the Amiga, yeah. you've probably put in a thousand hours on UFO, a thousand hours on Laser Squad. You might be looking for something new. Okay? You're right. Plus, this has limitless uh, uh, possibilities with that scenario right. editor. It's going to give you a challenge. Like I said, I played a bunch of the second scenario. That was the one that I found to be the most fun. Uh, and I felt like if I I could, if I kept going at it, if I kept at it, I could have beaten it. Uh, I never got that far, as you can see on my playthrough. Uh, but it, to me, this is a good example of a tactical turn-based uh, strategy. Game. Did you beat the first level? No, no. I, I spent most of the time on the second level. The second level is harder. Okay, I will say I didn't get past that either. I, I like the idea. I read the scenario, uh, you know, the background story, yeah. and this one seemed like it was something I could wrap my head around. You know, if you look at Omnitrend's mm-hmm. other offerings. Of course, they did Breach and Paladin. So they seem to do both those. But they also did do uh, Rules of Engagement, which I've heard a lot of good things about that. Mm-hmm. That's another one I've heard I've heard good things about. I don't think we ever touched a, uh, Rules of Engagement. I don't remember playing no, it. No, I don't show. think we played that. But it has a rep. You know, so clearly this came from people that knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, now... Again, I would have changed a few things. I also would have changed their logo, which looks like they took letters from the hippie era instead of. You <laughs> mean the breach, the breach two logo? No, and they're look at the box logo. Oh, See, the box looks, logo. It yeah. looks and the dots. Yeah, it looks like hippie lettering. Yeah. I don't know why they would do that. It doesn't. It doesn't fit the theme of the game at all. <laughs> um, did we get any action on Discord of review wise yeah, on this man. boat? Lobsterminator left a really nice review. He says, "Disclaimer: My review is based on playing the game last year and refreshing my memory with YouTube." I'm a big fan of turn-based tactical combat, both old and new. So when I hear about a new one, I usually give it a shot. This is one of those games where you don't quite say it's a commercial game or a good PD or shareware game. It was a commercial release, but the presentation is closer to PD. Mm. In complexity, this sits somewhere between UFO and XCOM and Laser Squad. The UI has the standard 90s cryptic icons, but it's simple enough to figure out without a manual with a bit of trial and error. I like that the game has single missions and not a grand epic story because I rarely have the patience for long retro games. Not a real classic in my opinion, but if you enjoy turn-based tactics, I recommend trying it out. I bet I would have enjoyed this back in the 90s if I had known about it. Yeah, and this is one, I mean, yeah, graphics aside, you could pick this up and play it. The scenario does make that easier. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I like something, I mean, I thought XCOM was sort of daunting when you started. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Now, I will say one thing that I miss about Laser Squad, and I hate this about XCOM too. In Laser Squad, if I recall correctly, you have the ability to place your starting locations on the map 
in both this and I believe XCOM, you're right, yeah. you start and all your guys are lined up like <laughs> cattle. In the first 15 turns, you're just trying to move them out of the thing. I yeah. hate that. That was, I hate I, that. I, I, yeah, yeah. And you can't, in this game, you can't walk through your guys. So they're they're literally just lined up, ready to get out. You know, yeah. It's 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 that part is frustrating. It also seems silly. I yeah, mean, a lot it's of very it's, silly because guys can move past each other in real yeah. life. Uh, Lemon, the users over there, the readers gave this a straight up seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the various scores which came out sort of somewhere in that area. Amiga actually gave it a seventy five. Amiga Computing gave it a seventy eight. Amiga format a seventy nine, a lofty sixty three for Amiga Joker. So you know it's halfway decent. Mm-hmm. That's pretty high for them. Uh, Games Machine eighty six and your Amiga gave this a ninety five. And Dragon Magazine actually reviewed this, believe it or not, gave this a five out of five. Really? Yeah, the average. Yeah, remember they used to do little reviews. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know they were still doing it this late in the game though. Um, the average magazine rating, according to Lemon, is seventy nine. Okay. And I would, for me, yeah, I'd say that's probably yeah, about right. I think I mean, that's fair. I think uh, Lobsterminator summed it up nicely. This does set somewhere. It's not as difficult or as complicated as something like Laser Squad or XCOM, but it's it's this way I can play it. I mean mm-hmm. that so that goes a long way for me. If I can, figure you know what it I out. loved about this game? You didn't have to mess with loadouts. You know what do you want this guy to hold? Well, yeah, because yeah, that's you what. Yeah, into the just, action. I don't like that yeah, either. Because yeah. I don't know what that stuff does. Right. Then you have to. And then you're always second guessing yourself. Well, like, do I is, suck because I suck, or do I suck because I gave the guy the wrong thing? This is one of those games from that era mm-hmm. that had a big beefy manual, mm-hmm. and that's what you liked, right? You know, because but nowadays I don't want a big beefy manual. No. I want a I want no manual. Yeah, I want just to know how to play yeah. it. But I mean, still, for people that are into this sort of thing, I think you, this could get over with you. Mm. I did look this up on eBay boat, and it can be had for a decent price. Although the prices were weird on this one, you could buy this now in the states, twenty-two bucks box, good oh, to go. Okay. I also saw someone offering it uh, for one hundred fifty and eighty-nine dollars, which is too much. I did see this sell. For as much as forty dollars, and for a little as eighteen dollars, mm. boat. So overall, we should mention we didn't mention this came from uh, its DOS brethren. So while, before we move along, uh, I, if you're watching here uh, on the feed, you can see that there are it, the similarities are more than a little striking <laughs> uh, than that with the DOS version of this game. I mean, you know, it's to be expected. I don't know the DOS version actually even looks a little crummier in a lot. Well, but I, I, it depends on how good your graphics card is. I think back in the day, right now, does the does the DOS version have the? Uh, is it still have that that? It's got that same isometric look, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly thing. the same one. Okay, so, well, you know, there you go. Do, DOS even looks more like a civilization, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I guess maybe they used the Amiga a little bit, but I couldn't put a whole lot into it. There you go, Breach Two. If this sort of game is your bag, boat, I'd say to give her a whirl. If you ask any Amiga repair technician what the most problematic component of a motherboard is, they'll undoubtedly mention capacitors. The electrolytic capacitors that ship with the Amiga are 30 years old or older at this point, and each one is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode battery acid all over your motherboard, sometimes damaging it irrevocably. Don't wait. Replace your capacitors now. Full capacitor kits for every Amiga model are available now at RetroRewind.ca. Don't want to attempt the repair yourself? Use their white glove recap service and leave the intricate removal and soldering process to the professionals using industry standard equipment. 
Use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and save 10% off your cap kit or service. Remember, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop for all your Commodore computer needs. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about this week's Amiga News, and we're going to start things off with a new Amiga show that is founded by one of our own. Now, when I say show, I mean convention. I mean, this is something you can go to in the meat space, Aaron. Look at that. Kickstart is what it's called. This is Kickstart One. It is the UK's first and only all Amiga Expo. Wow. No other systems, only Amiga, all Amiga, all the time. This thing is going down, Aaron, Saturday, July 1st, and Sunday, July 7th. It's over there in Meadow Lane in Nottingham, out in Nottingham. Have you been to uh, where this is? Meadow Lane, Nottingham? I have. I, well, I've never been to Meadow Lane, but That's I've been Robin to Nottingham. Uh, it is. Joint out it, there. Is. it is. What's it's, it like out there? Well, it's pretty shady. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Is there a, a bad place. Are there a lot of Robin Hood-esque? Are they, is there a, a, how much of a big deal is Robin Hood in Nottingham? Well, there's a lot of guys walking around in fake Burberry caps. It sort of replaced uh, the Are there statues of, and stuff out there? Yeah, of course there are. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were like, I would have liked this and guy. There's, there's tons of Old, I think the the one of the the oldest crypts is in is in Nottingham. Oh man, and I've heard that Nottingham has turned it around since I was. There. Oh yeah, and it's been a long time. Maybe since it was I lived just shady because you were bringing that. I whole probably thing. brought the shade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, you can check. I'm going to read you some of the things here. So this is a kickstart. It's a new and exciting event, bringing back a national Amiga event to the UK. It combines a user group event and a trade show, featuring exhibitors, traders, Amiga user groups, and guest speakers on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you can check this thing out at AmigaShow.com. They are having, here's just a couple of the names that are gonna be here. Omev Dink is gonna be there. The Dinkster. The Dinkster. Simon Phipps from Core Design. Oh, you're, I mean, you could get, you could have a good conversation with these listen, guys. Listen, I tell you, listen, this is why you're wrong. No, Simon Core Design, Phipps. they would chop you up. Well, look at him, he's got that big tattoo. He yeah, means he business. Yeah. There's Mike Daly from DMA Design. I definitely wanna to talk to him. Maybe you might be able to take him. Yeah, look, well, look at him. He looks very cool. Yeah. Look at his hair. He's 80s cool. Yeah, he is. You think that's a recent photo? <laughs> it's like those wrestler photos. Yeah. So, Aaron, uh, you can get tickets. Well, the weekend expo package is 40 pounds. That gives you Saturday and Sunday entrance. Uh, they do have all-day parking available. It's yeah. at a reasonable price. And here's the best thing, Aaron. Say you got kids in tow. Oh, yeah. Okay? They, and, they, they don't want to go to this stuff, And generally. say your kid's under 15. Okay. Like, like the my kid, my kid's under okay. that. Yeah. He gets in for free. Holy smokes. Free kid entry. Man, did you see this? The music he's got lined up. He's oh got my him, gosh. He's got himself. Well, you know, Ravi is he's knee deep and neck deep rather yeah. in the in the UK Amiga remix music scene. Yeah. You got Harley likes music. He's a Game Boy musician, Aaron. Oh man, that would be cool. Those guys are neat. Vogue Renez, an Amiga musician, and yeah. of course you got to have Hoffman in there. Hoffman, he's he's the he's the king dog. You know the good thing about having your own event, and you know this, but you book yourself. See that, that you rave get... picture? That was just like Boat Fest. Wait, that... we had... <laughs> There's more people in that picture than there were at Boat. Look at the thing on the wall. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, we, you could put a rave in part of Boat you Fest. Could. You can take some hints from, look at that booze. Yeah. That's booze fest. Look at that. What kind of drink you think that is? Oh, my gosh. That's something we can't even sell that in the United Yeah, States. that's crazy. This yeah. looks like a party, man, to me. So, I highly recommend, listen, Aaron, there's a chance, a chance, mind you. Yeah. That I might be in England in July this summer. Really? Okay. What are you doing in England? Well, I've been asked to go assist a band over there. 
Is this Lee's college band? The Smiths or something? No, 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 no. I'm talking about a band like the band I direct. Oh. No. Do you think the Smiths are going to come ask me to assist them? I don't know, Bo. You got some weird connections. <laughs> or maybe maybe they would be giants. They need a guy to carry their bags. So uh, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be there in July. I'm not sure exactly when, but I'm not saying that I might not make an appearance here. Is it, what is Boatfest? This is right before Boatfest. I mean, directly before it. Well, no, it will be right after Boatfest. I mean, Boatfest I mean, Boatfest is right before this It's expo. three weeks before this. Oh, three weeks. Yeah. So you got plenty of time. Yeah. You got so, plenty of time to recover. Anyway, uh, head on over to AmigaShow.com. Get yourself some tickets. Uh, party down with Ravi and the crew. Yeah, if any of you, if our buddies, anybody in chat, anybody in Discord are going to this thing, like, start talking about it. Give me the scoop. It sounds good. Absolutely, man. I'd be real depressed if we weren't doing something because then I'd have nothing. So that'll be, thank God we got something cooking, Bode. Now, Aaron, this is the video you've been waiting yes. all episode to talk about. Give us the I rundown am. on Amiga 1200 cap cutting recap. You know, there's a guy I like to, to his videos, Chris Edwards, our boy, the Big E. Mm-hmm. And usually fan-friendly, loving, wacky, yes. sort of sketchy guy, yes. just like myself, sketchy mm-hmm. tech. And this week, it was a simple video. It's real simple. What's the video, boat? It's recapping uh, an Amiga 1200, right? No problem, right? So, Chris, much like uh, the Huck, as an example, and some other people we know, he doesn't. He goes in there with the old snippers mm-hmm. and just and he goes over his technique here. I'm trying to get to it. I had it. I lost it. So he goes in the old snips. Cuts a cap in half, and then he even does an extra bonus cut that mm-hmm. I don't, don't normally do. And he's showing you right here in this video how he pops these caps. Mm-hmm. Now I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All right, I've been around a block, yeah. As you know, you, I did. You, I did this professionally for a that's decade. Right, that's okay? right. For IBM, it mm-hmm. wasn't like Big Jim's electronics TV repair. I worked for the big dog. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not saying I'm the king dog of tech, but I was a sub dog. So. I've watched this, and I looked at his technique, and it's, guess what? It's not like he hasn't done a few recaps. It's solid gold. His technique is top shelf, the way he does it. But I knew, I knew all too well that when this video came out, he would take heaps of abuse from these purists Mm -hmm. that don't like it when people cut the tops off these caps. And lo, it came to pass, Boat. Because I told him we had a... uh, our good buddy Gary Hucker did a video that he did this one, and we he got all kinds of hate mail on that mm. video. If you go back in our archives, you can see it. And his technique wasn't nearly as good as, as Chris's technique. Chris's technique solid gold. So I'm going to spell this out. I'm going to come down on the side of Chris Edwards here. For the, and I don't care. Come at me, bro. There's nothing wrong with doing this if we know what you're doing. There's not a darn thing. It's the quickest, easiest, safest way to get these suckers off here. What's the other way? All right, you could take an air knife and a pair of tweezers, and you could go at all these things. Okay, you could do it that way. You could take a, a soldered iron and do it on either side. Like you could do that. You could do that too. But every one of those options is just as dangerous as. In fact, it's more dangerous if you ask me than doing what he did. It's not a darn thing wrong with it. now. I know a guy, a special guy named Frank from RetroRewind.ca. All right, guess what he does for a living boat? This mm-hmm. all the time, day in, day out. And Frank also came down the side of this. So for all you people, all the haters, hate is going to hate, all right? Cut cut everybody some slack. Do it however you want. You can go in there with a lighter, for all I care. There's nothing wrong with doing it this way. If you don't like it, learn to love it. That's all I can say. Otherwise, I thought it was an amusing video from an amusing cat.
So there well you go, said. Boat. Well said. Now, Aaron, we do have some new game news this week. Oh, man. I mean, last week we had a ton of great stuff yeah. come up. So this is, Aaron, now I know, are, were you a fan of the final fight back in the day in the arcade? Oh, dude, when this thing came out, oh, my God. You know, I want to harken back to, uh, you know, ARG Presents this past week. You were talking about what a game changer the WWF game was. We're comparing yeah. it to Map Mania. It was like a whole new ball game. Would you put Final Fight as one of those sea change moments in the life of arcade games? Absolutely. Before this, I'd played some Double Dragon. Mm -hmm. I thought Double Dragon was a pretty good game. All right, um, But this raised the bar. Why? Well, Final Fight had the beautiful Capcom hand-drawn graphics. right? Beautiful graphics in this game. And combined it with great audio and fun multiplayer gameplay with the cool life bar feature at the top, it all worked. It's a, it, the levels were diverse enough. They were fun. The enemies were diverse enough. I mean, of course, it was improved as the years went on. But you've got to put yourself back in the time frame when this was released. This was gold. I love that. I used to play it at the old... Uh, showbiz up here. They had it up on the up when it was up on the hill over here, mm -hmm. and I played the crap out of it. The ending of it's great. It's got a great ending. I've played through it a million times, and I enjoy it every time. They give you lots of cool moves. The three different guys are fun. You know, it's just a fun game. And so, yes, I think this is what in terms of beat 'em ups. This is sort of like a lot of people would say Double Dragon is sort of like the King Dong. I'm not gonna fight them because they're sort of right because mm -hmm. Double Dragon really was awesome. But this was like King Dong Jr. It honed in, and they took everything that Double Dragon did, and they made it better. Well, you might recall that the Amiga Portal Final Fight was not exactly world-class. No. It had no. issues. Yes. But guess what? Prototron is a developer yeah. that has been going to work, and basically he did an almost complete rewrite of the entire game code. Wow. Okay? This thing, you can run this thing, Cycle exact, 68,000 straight. Nothing nothing crazy. Yeah. ECS with two mega chip RAM. Okay. Really? That's all you need. That's all you need. Okay. This is a new demo. It is out right now. It features a two-player mode with Guy and Cody plus some new music. Okay. So this thing is a work in progress, but I think this looks great, don't it you? It looks real good. I wonder how far along he is in it because it looks it looks tremendous. Yeah. And, yeah. the, and the thing is, the graphics on the Amiga version weren't bad. Mm -hmm. It's just the implementation. It's much like OutRun, for example. Right. The execution of said game was poorly done. Yes. So this looks quite nice, Boat. Yeah. Pro Prototron. Have we talked about this guy before? No, no. Listen, Prototron. Well done. Keep up the good work, he says, dude. He says he never had an Amiga 1200, and he has no interest in doing a bespoke, a bespoke AGA version. Okay, so he's on my team. I right know away. it. He's I know it. This right is, is this this guy's your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. That looks great, dude. I love that, and I would love to see a great version come to the Amiga because we deserve a good version. I know we could pull it off too. Now, Aaron, when you talk about the the eight bit classics that were popular over there in merry old England, Rick Dangerous is right up there with the Jet Set Willie. I've he's heard up, that. He's up there with uh, with Manic Miner, all those type of games. Rick Dangerous, not one that really gets a lot of Amiga action, though. Well, he's pretty popular, Until now. Oh. Okay. There's a remastered edition coming out soon, Aaron. This is uh, this is for, let's see, uh, of course, it was originally developed by Core Design, speaking yeah. of Core. Uh, and this is a, a back port. It's got a new title screen, 
all the graphics were remastered by uh, this guy named Dom Kid, and they took the graphics from the Wii version. It looks dangerous. real good. I would say this is a very, very attractive. Yeah. This game's super hard. This was coded in the Scorpion engine. Yeah. And uh, and it looks like it runs real smooth. You're right. Rick Danger is known for its cheap deaths, yes. its trial and error gameplay. I've heard it compared to Dragon's Lair more yeah. than a few times. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, if you're going to play some <laughs> Rick Dangerous, you might as well play it while it's looking so good. <laughs> that animation was top shelf. That got falling off. Listen, this looks good. The Scorpion Engine, once again, is kicking out winners. Mm-hmm. Now, now, does this have a release? Uh, oh, uh, it says here, updated with a release for 2023. All right. So it's coming coming quick. It's coming quick. Now, this is not, uh, and uh, of course, uh, it looks like this is now available for Windows and Mac OS, but you can get the 1200 Amiga Mini and CD32 version soon. Okay, beautiful. That's yeah. great. So it's already out if you've got the other format. Mm-hmm. This looks good. This looks real good. I love this stuff. Another great one from the old Scorpion engine. All right. Well, Aaron, it's time to move well, on to we got to one more here, Final Boaster. story. Yes, I'm sir. ready for it, man. Oh, okay. You were, you were tricking me there. I was tricking you. So, uh, if you recall, uh, uh, not too long ago... I've uh, been in contact with my good pal, uh, oh, uh, Amy Jimmy, over with the Amini Amiga project. This is the fellow that worked on the uh, Amiga desktop solution software for the uh, A500 Mini, which I have endlessly touted because it's great. It literally saved the A500 Mini for me. Like, And this stuff's gold. We used it for the entirety of... Amigathon right, this year, right? And it held up like a champ. It held up like a champ, and it's also it's always it's decked out. Mm. So, lo and behold, uh, I got a, a message the other day from Jimmy asking me if I'd like to kick the tires on the Mister version of the Mini Mega software, and I was like, "Gimme, gimme!" And so I've spent the last three or four days, and that's why I've been so busy kicking the tires on this and running it through its paces. Uh, you know, the Mister has sort of its own built-in gimmick. I mean, it really depends on how you've got it set up. Well, there's you know? the, the Mini Mig Core right. comes sort of standard. You could sort of, I mean, we've all, me and you, have sort of the same thing where it just kind of boots in. It's nothing. It's pretty no frills. Yeah. Listen, this has frills out the yin yang because it's basically he took what he did on the A500 Mini and just moved up the line to the uh, Mister. This thing is top shelf. It's all there, and he's went the extra mile and stuff. He's added extra graphics uh, into uh, the, the uh, tiny launcher. He's got all kinds of new uh, launchers in there. It's all the stuff you would expect to be on, like, a tippity top-shelf version of uh, Amiga on the Mister. And as of the recording of this show, uh, when you hear this, this should be released. So if you're interested in picking up uh, his newest version is you go to a minimiga.com, spelled like it sounds, a minimiga. I'll spell it A M I N I M I G A.com, and the Mr. version should be released. And I can tell you, I've been playing with it a lot, and it's really, really good, Boat. So, stuff over, say hi to Amy Jimmy. Maybe if you enjoy the software, float the guy a couple bucks for his hard work. It's very similar to what Chris is doing. Uh, with the Pimega. Those guys are in there uh, burning the midnight oil to do these projects like this. And they're basically doing it just because they're real enthusiastic about uh, the computer. And those guys, you got to help them out. 
throw them a bone every now and again for their hard work, Boat. Absolutely. I like rewarding people for the good jobs they do. You're a generous man. Hey, well, I do my best, Boat. There you go, Boat. I think that's all the news we got, my friend. Okay, well, we should kick it on over to see what's going on on the YouTube channel. Let's do that, Boatster. So, right out of the gate here, we're just going to briefly touch on these things. We had three releases this week on Amigos Retro Gaming on YouTube. You want to talk about the first one real quick, Boat? Yeah, we talked about Dragon Slayer on the Coco. That's right. Dragon Slayer, which was, let me tell you, <clears throat> if you're not a Coco person and you don't pay much attention to it, don't sleep on this. Seriously, go over and have a look at it. This is a game that would have been at home on any Spectrum uh, or 8-bit machine, and it would have been a winner. Mm -hmm. And it's a winner on the Coco. It is. It's a real and winner. And this guy uh, is his only game he ever made, as far as we could tell. I want to touch on that particularly this week because this was a real winner, uh, Boat. And then over on ARG Presents, we did team fighting games. Uh, we looked at WWF Superstars from the arcade and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 from the arcade, Boat. Both fun uh, games. Uh, we had a good time playing, Boatster. All right, Aaron. What are we going to be taking a look at next week on Amigos? Bam. Gunby. I don't know anything about this, but you said you do. Yeah. So this is a twin B uh, as a homage, as it were. Okay. I thought this was like some kind of flight simulator. Yeah, this is this is going to be one that we enjoy. Okay, that uh, sounds good. So, <laughs> well, you know, we've liked some flight simulators. Maybe you have. Oh, you've liked some. Um, so, anyway, before we go, everybody, I just want to say thank you for listening. And uh, if you want, speaking of throwing some bones around, patreon.com slash amigos podcast. We throw ourselves a bone? Listen, I throw myself bones all the time. you got to take the bones when you can. None of my business, really. Uh, and, of course, we want to thank all of the fine folks that support us over there and also the people that watch us live on Twitch. We record the show every Friday around 5 o'clock Eastern time. We want to thank all of our Twitch supporters, our Twitch subscribers. Uh, and, of course, we leave you, Aaron, with the haunting love theme from Breach 2. We will see you next week for Gunby. And until then... Adios. Adios.